Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. I do in the sense of the suffering, as you said earlier, is a lot more widespread than anybody lets on. And so once somebody encounters some of this themselves, even if it's much less, even if it's maybe their kids, their teenagers these days are self-harming. And oh my gosh, they would never in a million years tell their friends at church that their kids have scars on their arm. The words of Kelly Rosati, a former executive of a large ministry, talking about the challenges and joys of adopting children with mental health challenges. The name of this program is Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. And all we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Welcome to Life Support, hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program, and our goal, as always, is to use this story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join part two of our conversation with Kelly Rosati and Pastor Paul. So glad you're with us on Life Support, and we love to glorify Christ by talking about difficult situations. It's kind of a unique niche that God has given us, but we're glad you're here. And my guest is Kelly Rosati. She's the director of the Flying Horse Foundation. She's also had an opportunity to speak to many different media outlets. Uh, she worked for Focus on the Family for a long time, and God has given her a very, very unique platform. And so, Kelly, thanks again for being with us. Thanks for having me. You very eloquently last time talked about some of the difficulties of, of raising children with mental illness and uh, some of the isolation, uh, the fatigue, um, all of those things. And one thing I wanted to just pursue with you is um, I know that there are families that are not in church right now because they can't find a place. And we can blame it on them, I guess. Um, maybe they're not trying hard enough, but it, there's just this isolation. How can a church, how can church people, how can a pastor create a culture that may be more open to families that just don't fit in the Christian box? That is a very good question. Um, and... It starts with just the mindset and the understanding and the posture that what we're here to do is to serve and to love all across family structure and type and um, with what's happening and not see those things as distractions, not see those things as, gosh, something really nice that you're doing. But really seeing those things and understanding those things for what they are, which is a call directly from God to love and to serve the people around you and not just healthy white suburban people. Um, I mean, that's, that's the real key to it is just having your heart opened by God to seeing that that's what he's called us to do, that it's not some super nice thing you're doing. It's just part of who we are to be. So I think that's really important. In terms of a lot of the practical things, um, one of the recommendations that I would give for people interested in pursuing that question more is a ministry called Key Ministry. And it was actually started by a 
child psychiatrist, Christian man named Dr. Steve Gersovich. And all of what they do is help equip churches to be able to do well the, the answer to the question that you just had. And so I highly, and they have a website, and I just highly recommend for churches interested in that um, to go check them out. They have a conference where they will equip churches and pastors to understand how to do that better, what uh, proper accommodations look like, what are some tweaks that could be made to how you do your programming. Um, but then for the lay people around to just be willing to have that heart of love and service and understanding and to be willing to drop all judgment and all need to fix and all need to give answers, but to simply quietly and with the love of Christ uh, walk with someone through those journeys that and then do what is practically helpful that's it. That would revolutionize things for people. I can't tell you the number of families who would describe um, difficulty with uh, extended family, difficulty with church family as just another horrible yoke in their, in their struggle because people don't understand. They, they want to tell you what to do. They want to tell you how to fix it. They judge you. They I mean, it's just all wrong. <laughs> it's just all upside down. And so just being able to kind of flip that back over the right way would, would go uh, such a long way for families that are struggling. Yeah, that's really good. I remember one day I came home and um, my one of my son's bedroom window is on the second floor of our home and I saw electronics being thrown out the window. And kind of looked out there and here came a TV came out the window and Xbox came flying out the window and and there was a full-blown rage and it wasn't a huge shock to me it was discouraging but then I looked around and I saw the neighbors watching and then when the sheriff came um, it was another level of trying to grapple with that and of course what you're thinking is well what kind of terrible parent am I and you're grieving for your child because you can see them distancing themselves from friends and so forth. But you came to a place in your life when you kind of came, you know, where you said, yeah, this is the way it's going to be. Tell me about that. And how did you get to that place? Because I'm not sure I'm always there. Mm. Well, through, I mean, I got to it by being an abject failure. <laughs> So you're, you gave a perfect example. So let's talk about this. Most of the people we know in hearing that story would probably be all aghast at the terrible behavior and the conduct of that child. And they would want to know what are we going to do to punish them so that they could learn. So what a trauma-informed approach does is, is actually change the whole equation. And be able to, with, under, with understanding, which is exactly how Jesus approached things, say, what is that behavior trying, what, that's communication. What is it communicating? And so we talk a lot out at the foundation when kids, that kids aren't necessarily, and this isn't, we didn't create this slogan, I don't know where it came from, but it's good. It's, they're not having, uh, they're not giving us a hard time, they're having a hard time. And if you can switch that mindset to that, in fact, I think right now there's a whole big thing happening with uh, Dr. Bruce Perry, who's one of our country's foremost experts on trauma, and he's doing something with Oprah, as I, as, I re as I think and realize right now, and it's on this topic. It's that 
there is a struggle underneath. And as Jesus has always demonstrated, we want to get to the heart of the matter. And so now I can hear your story and I immediately go to uh, compassion around, wow, what must be happening with him to do something like that? Um, I don't even know you, but I feel quite confident that you've raised him very well. He knows the difference between right and wrong. Something's wrong. And that's important. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences in life. There are. But I don't think we're called to be um, kind of the punitive masters of the world to our kids. And it, I mean, for those who, who, people who haven't gone through what we've gone through, they just, I, I, they just don't get it. And so they could have all these uh, suggestions in the world. And my response would be, sure, you go ahead, have at it. Give yeah. it because yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. If, if grounding him for a little bit longer time worked, I would do it. It doesn't work. We know from trauma research now that these traditional methods don't work with kids whose brains are different. And so um, steadfastly resisting that truth is like saying, well, it's not right that somebody who's diabetic needs a shot. They just shouldn't need a shot. No, they shouldn't need a shot. And so you don't give them their shot. For kids like that we're talking about, they need something and it isn't just go to your room for longer or you should have been spanked more or any of that kind of stuff. It just, it's not the ticket because their brains are different. Yeah, that's very wise. And I think of Jesus and his ministry and his disciples were frustrated with him often because he seemed to do these side trips and they were about building, you know, building his kingdom. And we're so much about building our churches and we're about growth models and we're about drawing people in and we're about this and that. Well, Jesus walked through Samaria of all places and found a woman who was just the, the worst of the worst in the disciples' eyes. And what did he do? He took time and he spoke to her kindly and he met her exactly where she was. And if we could somehow get a glimpse of that in our churches and slow down and put away some of those traditional ways of doing church, maybe some of these families would reintegrate themselves in. But boy, it takes a special leader. It takes a special leadership group to have the wisdom to know how to do that. But maybe what you're doing, and maybe the reason that you've suffered so much, Kelly, is you're the one that can stand up and say, listen, you know, we've got to, we've got to change how we do things. And you just addressed that so well. We've got to change how we deal with kids that, that are, are acting different than we think they should. Do you see hope of that happening? Do you see momentum going toward that at all? You know, I, I do in the sense of the suffering, as you said earlier, is a lot more widespread than anybody lets on. And so once somebody encounters some of this themselves, even if it's much less, even if it's maybe their kids, their teenagers these days are self-harming. And oh my gosh, they would never in a million years tell their friends at church that their kids have scars on their arm. Or maybe it's their kids are definitely doing drugs and alcohol. Um, maybe it's that, you know, whatever these things are that we know are very, very common in churches as well, that no one feels free to talk about. As soon as more people are experiencing it, I feel like that provides a softening. And 
So I think it's it's so much about um, us all just being different, being more like Jesus intended for us to be, which is the people who do offer that place of unconditional love and that place of not judgment. It doesn't mean we don't still believe what Jesus said about what's right and wrong. That's not what we're, you're a pastor. That's not what we're saying, but we're saying he didn't appoint us to be the Holy Spirit in everybody else's life. He called us to love and to serve. And um, so as we become those people, those the safest of people to go to, you know where I've seen a lot of this done so beautifully is in the recovery community. Um, and I, I just often think uh, what, you know, celebrate recovery or some of my friends whose lives have been changed by AA for just as an example, but kind of that posture of radical honesty and love. Um, I really do believe it would change things the way Jesus said it would. It's just very, very different than what I and a lot of the people I know in my very churchy Christian town have always been taught is the way we're supposed to be as Christians. Yeah, and you're, you're in Colorado Springs, and that is the evangelical center of the world there. And so you've, not, you've got a bit of an uphill battle to try to, try to help people understand. But you, you mentioned last time we were together that there were just times when you just felt like you couldn't even get out of bed. And that's the other part of this is I don't think people realize how exhausted the parents are to continue to engage, continue to engage, try to work, deal with your healthy children and not, let, and not have them suffer along with you if possible. Tell me, tell me what that was like for you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's brutal. Um, and one thing I think you hit on is we don't have any sense of the nature of chronic illness. So if somebody's got had a surgery or if somebody has a quick, you know, a heart something or a cancer something, I feel like the church can do really well there. Like we understand that we can rally, we can mobilize, but there's always this expectation of, okay, are they better? Is somebody better? Are they good? Are they good? And my son with refractory schizophrenia isn't getting better. He can manage, but he's not going to not have schizophrenia one day. He's not going to grow out of it. He's, God may heal him, but it would be a miraculous thing. So, it, but that's the level it would be. My daughter with bipolar disorder is not going to just not have bipolar disorder one day. So kind of... I feel pressure even sometimes when people ask me because they really just want me to say, oh, everything's great. Like they act, they, they don't really want, it, it's hard. It's hard to walk alongside somebody whose situation isn't going, the situation itself may not improve. It may, but it may not. And so having that in for the long haul is really, having that mindset is a really big deal. Um, Honestly, for us, you know, eventually your kids become adults and um, you have a little bit more opportunity to, you, you have a different role. And so I, I, we have one of our children who suffers tremendously. I mean, just tremendously with mental illness. It is not our child's fault. It's this terrible sickness. Um, 
And it can manifest though with, with very significant violence and, um, you know, violence that never ended. We'll be back to the conversation with Paul and Kelly in just a moment. You know, Pastor Paul is a survivor himself of family trauma, losing a wife and a son, and that's what life support is all about. Survivors in discussion with survivors. My name is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, and we are so pleased to be a co-sponsor of this program. For more about our work, log on to www.lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. We have one of our children who suffers tremendously. I mean, just tremendously with mental illness. It is not our child's fault. It's this terrible sickness. Um, and it can manifest, though, with, with very significant violence and um, you know, violence that never ended. And so only when they're adults do you have the ability to control your own house and to, you know, to have a boundary that you might not be able to have. Um, and you have to have support from society, you know. Thank God for um, legislation that has provided for some assistance for people that are so sick and uh you know i would just call on my fellow christians that you know who like to get involved in public policy related matters that things like this ought to be a part of the agenda because these are things that are necessary for the least of these and for those who might say back well that's the church's role not the government okay i'm waiting <laughs> <laughs> right i'm somebody's gotta help so if you're more upset about the fact that the government wants to help then the fact that nobody's helping in the first place, that's between you and God. Um, those are some of the conversations I have a lot. But So at least when they get older, you might have some more options. Um, keeping the relationship front and center has been key. We have beautiful relationships with our kids. Um, if I told you some of the things that have been a regular occurrences, you probably couldn't believe that I could say we have great relationships with our kids, but we do. And part of that has been the relinquishing of the, um, of the need to fix them or control them or um, get them to do what I want them to do. Uh, releasing that and understanding that God has called me to love and understanding that we got into this because of what we wanted to give, not what we wanted to get as parents, right? That's a really important thing that has helped me. And understanding that it's about who we want to be in Jesus, not who we want to make them be. <laughs> um, but those are hard things. I'm saying them quick and almost cliche, but every one of those has been a deep thing in my heart that's taken a long time to get to. Well, our, ident our identity, whether we want to admit it or not, is somewhat wrapped up in our children. And it's very difficult to divorce that identity quest from mental illness. And it continues to just gnaw at you if you let it. And that's where Jesus, I think, comes and says, no, wait, wait a minute. Like, you know, you're my child. And it's not going to change tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. Boy, those are hard lessons to learn, aren't they? They are. And, and it always comes back to love. 
God loves them more than we do. I take so much comfort in that. He loves them. He sees them. He is with them. When my kids have been missing and my kids have been homeless and my kids have experienced, I mean, honestly, things that are hard for me to say because just hearing it is difficult for people. I feel like just talking about my life traumatizes people. Friends who have basically said, we can't, I can't talk to you anymore. It's too depressing. So they, they couldn't even hear about my life on occasion. Imagine what it feels like to live it. <laughs> and so um, God loves them and he calls us to love them. And we have to love ourselves, as he said. And we need boundaries to make sure that we're, um, that we're the people he has for us to be so we have something left to give out. What do you do at the Flying Horse Foundation, Kelly? Uh, we provide free equine-assisted learning to at-risk kids in our community, kids who've experienced trauma, kids who struggle with mental health issues, uh, kids from our homeless shelter, from group homes and foster care, kids who've been adopted. Um, and we help them experience connection um, that a horse can often bring to a heart that has been closed to connection because of some of the suffering that they have been through. And then of course, once a child can connect to a horse, uh, their opportunities reopen for connection back to family members and friends and others in the community. Do you regret embarking on this journey that you embarked on 20 years ago? Oh no, not for one second. Um, No. My, yeah, that's a very easy question. No, no, no. <laughs> if you weren't a pastor, I might even cuss and say, blank, no. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we've had that before in this program. You wouldn't be the first one. You can edit that out. <laughs> no, our kids are so magnificent. They are created in the image of God. We love them with all of our hearts. I really wish it wouldn't have been this hard. <laughs> and I hope it gets better. But I don't live. Uh, I don't live for that. I live with my hope in Jesus, and I continue to hope for my kids. All right, so that's my last question. We have two minutes. Are you experiencing a deeper walk with Christ now than you were when you started? Oh, yes. Yeah. Although, it's funny, if if you were to look at me from the outside before this journey— we would have always, we were always in church. My husband and I were Sunday school uh, teachers. We, our life, we had, we had a beautiful church. We loved our church. We were very active in our church. I read my Bible a lot. I prayed a lot. Um, and now we, we get to church when we can. Um, I'm not reading my Bible probably like I did back then as much. Um, but yeah. Definitely deeper with Jesus and, and a much clearer understanding of some of the things that I read in that Bible all the time, <laughs> but now have had to experience. Well, I'm glad. And I really do appreciate you taking time with us. Your, your story is, I know it's hard, but it's helpful and it will give hope to a lot of people. Thank you. I, I pray that. Nothing gives me joy like seeing good things come from the yucky junk and seeing God use that to encourage other people um, 
that's just a great gift. So I pray that it really does help somebody. You're not alone. You're not a bad Christian. You're not any of that stuff. God's with you. All right. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Thank you. That's Kelly Rosati with that incredible hope. And that's what we do here. We want to give you hope because you are not alone. Jesus loves you and you are loved unconditionally. And if you are a child of God, then you are wearing the righteousness of Christ and no one can take that away from you. And so hope is always there for you. And I know it's hard, but reach out for help if you're feeling really isolated and alone. And God will guide you to people that can help you. Hey, we're glad you're with us. This is a a, a production of Faith Radio at MyFaithRadio.com, a video portion or video uh, program can be seen at fivestonemedia.com. And then here at Ridgewood Church, we produce this. If you'd like to support the ministries of Ridgewood Church, including this podcast, you can just go to myrwc.org slash give. So thanks again for being with us, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. This is Steve Johnson again, Executive Director of Five Stone Media. And we've had the privilege of creating the Life Support Series and the Life Support Resource Library. The library includes tools and resources that can help you be equipped to come alongside others who are suffering and in pain. Among the tools are therapist webinars, sermon starters and transitions, short videos, small group material, and conferences. And you can find out more at this address www.lifesupportresources.org And again, that's lifesupportresources.org And we'd love to introduce you to the material. This Life Support Program is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.